0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silva and Gold, coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of
1: 853
0: pounds, Pick a Loaf and Dr. Zong!
2: Silver and Gold is back after a little bit of a hiatus.
1: This is The loafing with me, Dr. Zahn. Hi, guys. Uh, this week, we are doing two movies that are not really like each other at all. We're doing Jean-Luc Godard's le Fou and uh, Fred, Fred the Hammer in, should I say it, Boss Nigger. We'll say it at least once. Um, from 1975. So. Get into those soon. Um, how have you been, sir?
2: I am afflicted with uh, the poison ivy curse, oh, yeah. and that's why we're kind of late getting the show out. Uh, just uh, strung out on tons of Benadryl, which uh, um, I've mentioned before. Uh, you know, they always talk about um, oxycodone and stuff being the hillbilly heroin. Well, mm. Benadryl is the even hillbillier cheap uh, heroin because you don't want to do anything and you can just sit around in a fog and itch. I saw uh, a,
1: um, a video of a yeah, guy. Saw- he's like... Um, I don't know. Some He's got... He's retired, but kind of just still does like outdoor research. Mm-hmm. And he was showing how... First, he showed how poison ivy works right? and that it's with the oil that, that comes yeah. off of it. But he had... He it, the the name of the video was like the way to prevent it entirely and I was like oh he must have some crazy thing. He's like nope, you got to use soap and a washcloth. And you have to do it within a couple hours of when you think you're exposed, uh-huh. but you have to really like be mindful of scrubbing because it will spread and it's like he showed it cuz he did um what did he compare it to? It was like uh, grease from a tractor. Uh-huh. Because he put that on his hands, and he just he was just showing how easy it is to get it somewhere else. Um, but yeah, so he said, "No matter, because you can just it'll stay on your hands. So even if you wear long sleeves, you can still just scratch later." Yeah. So. Yeah, and you, just,
2: you can get it off your clothes. You can see that's the thing. I can get it off my dogs if yeah. they if they get it on their fur and ah. uh, and and I posted some pictures and it looks like I have severe burns.
1: It looked bad. Yeah.
2: It's and and those pictures weren't as bad. Didn't look as bad as what it actually <laughs> was. I mean, it, it was it actually worse. So I you know got a shot and got some steroids. So now I'm going to be like a like a Lex Luger. There you go. Well. You know, but I mean, other than that, it's just, I, I, I called out work one t- one day, uh, just because that was, it was just so miserable. I, yeah. I was like, there's no way. Cause I would just constantly have to get up and go in the bathroom and they have this cleansing soap and calamine lotion. I mean, just put tons and tons of stuff on it. You oh, just, fuck. I just have to wait it out. You know, that sucks. Yeah. It's, it's a big suck sandwich.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm finally done moving. Yeah. Um, not quite done unpacking, but i 'm finally done moving and uh that 's i don 't really have anything else really going on uh you know want to
2: get into um, the list of um, things you shouldn 't do when in you're podcasting
1: <laughs> maybe later because <Okay>. uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: right, no. i wanted to, I had a few of them that
1: we have know, that yes. I came up with it 's like good advice for yeah. new podcasters yeah um Quit no, Don't uh, even start it up. No. Nah. It, it, it's, it's, it's been a boring couple of weeks. Nothing, nothing all Sometimes
2: that that's not bad.
1: No. No, yeah, there's been no drama, at least, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just new- see,
2: like, I was getting hit with, uh, like, I, I went to the dentist, and then I had to, you know, go and get a tooth, you know, uh, a small cavity filled, so that was money. And then, you know, it just seemed like every time I turned around here recently, it was like, you know, paying out for this and that and i was like jesus fucking christ and i got i'm putting a new shower in my bathroom and that's you know a lot
1: <sighs> yeah
2: can't get ahead can't well, can't get any head
1: then you get then you just die alone yeah, No, yeah cool what have you been watching
2: well i don't have a lot um which is i, I have quite a bit <laughs> um i do but there's some you know i've re- re- rewatched when, when i was uh just laying around with the poison uh, that one night I watched like four movies in a row plus baseball. Um, 2015 survivor, uh, directed by James McDeague. James... <laughs> Don't ever do that. on podcasting. Um, James <laughs> McDeague, uh, and this stars, um, wait a minute. It says star stars, Patty Wallace, Parker Sawyers, and Bashar Rahal. Ooh. But I, I'm pretty sure that, um, Pierce Brosnan and Mila Jovovich were the stars, so I don't know what that <laughs> was. It, it's alright. It's just a, a, a medium uh, kind of thriller. Nothing great. How uh, do? Computer. I watched uh, 1963's The Servant um, with Dirk Bogard. This was directed by Josef uh, Lose or Joseph Lossi. Uh, and it stars Dirk Bogart, Sarah Miles, and who was the other dude? James Fox and uh, um, Jimmy Fox. It's pretty good. It's um, like a rich kind of a uh, kind of a spoiled rich guy hires Dirk Bogart to be his manservant. And, um, you know, he's like really enthusiastic. That's his he, he's like Higgins from uh, Magnum P.I. <laughs> but is he but is he? And so there's like some agendas going on there and some weird stuff. But uh, I like the Dirk. Dirk Bogart movies pretty good and it has some uh, undertones of well I don't want to go into it if you want to watch it Mm -hmm. you'll you'll see I got into uh, three Ghost in the Shell uh, uh, sequels Ghost in the Shell Arise is what they're all called first one is Ghost in the Shell Arise uh, Ghost Pain the second one is what to do hardy hard this is professionalism um, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost Whisperer, and Ghost in the Shell, Ghost Tears. They're all on Netflix. Um, the first two have pretty good, um, if you want to listen to the English dub, the English dub is actually pretty good. Oh. It's not distracting. It's not shitty. The third one is just in subtitles, but um, after watching the – First Ghost in the Shell, I bought the Blu ray uh anniversary edition and mm-hmm. I loved it. Um and El Goro told me to watch the Ghost in the Shell too, which I haven't, but I found these so you know, I like the stories, they're good it's good animation
1: and uh good shit. I haven't watched anime in a long time. I started watching a series called Sword Art Online or something about like uh one of those it's a it's a it's a series, not a movie. Mm-hmm. About um, a online uh, role playing game that people get st- they it's it's like a virtual reality online role playing game, and that people get stuck in it, Ew. and they have to like basically get to the end of the game to leave. And the the belief of everybody in the game is that if you die, like it makes you die in real life. Hmm. Um, so that's pretty interesting. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix also.
2: My friends at work were telling me they're they're into anime, and I guess there is like an anime network. Um, you know, th- I think it's free.
1: Crunchyroll,
2: Crunchyroll,
1: yeah. I never heard of you that. You can get it on uh, Apple TV or Roku mm. or whatever. Yeah,
2: I have that. Um, well, well, the one thing they they're telling me different ones to watch, but since I like Ghost in the Shell, I was looking just uh, at stuff that that company made. You know, figuring mm-hmm. and and there's several different ones, but there's so there's a lot of access to that stuff, so it, it's just like a huge. You know, pile to jump into. So I'm just going to kind of do it while I can. I watched a really good, uh, interesting movie uh, by David Zellner and written by David and Nathan Zellner called Kimiko the Treasure Hunter. And uh, this stars the um, – is it Rinko Kikuchi who played uh, Mako in Pacific Rim Uh, and just – The concept – what caught me – I didn't even know it was her until after I watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But the concept of the – it's based on a true story, Um, a woman who kind of had a – nothing happening, kind of a dead-end job in Japan. Um, She kind of sees herself as a treasure hunter, titular treasure hunter, Mm -hmm. and she finds a VHS tape of the movie Fargo. Mm -hmm. And when Steve Buscemi is hiding the – uh, money that they stole or mm-hmm. for the kidnapping in the snow, she plans out this intricate thing to go find that money and go to America. And, you know, and I, apparently it's a woman actually did this and, but it's a good movie. I really liked it. It, it was on, the Poster uh, looked
1: pretty cool. So I've seen it floating around.
2: Well, it was, it was like a 99 cent rental, I think on, uh, iTunes maybe yeah. a few weeks ago. I watched 47 Ronin again with Keanu and also that stars the chick that played Mako and uh she I plays the see, the witch. I see that one? I liked it. And and I even did you know some research on it and you know people gave it a lot of shit because they took the story and made like a fan uh, it still has the same story but it's got a lot of fantasy elements. Right. And you know the fact that they throw Keanu Reeves in there, but they actually said his character was based on a real guy, uh, who was the first British guy to ever become a samurai. I hmm. think I remember what his name is. It's on IMDb, the trivia. Uh, but I re- I liked it. There's people that hate it, and you know I've watched it several times. I it's I like the visual and everything. And
1: there's not much I hate in movies anymore. Yeah now that there are exceptions to that as i will discuss of movies i watched this week
2: watched <laughs> 2014's i am evil Knievel. this is a documentary uh, that is on uh, itunes and it's pretty good um just goes through his life and uh, i you know i've heard for years that they were going to make a, a biopic of him with uh, matthew mcconaughey well matthew mcconaughey is actually in this and um is like a talking head and um He's getting ready he i guess hung out with awful Canawful uh for a while and uh but it's 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 fun i mean he was just a fucking interesting crazy dude and got into some shit uh uh several times and they have like lots of footage of his uh motorcycle jumps and crashes and some of the stunt men or uh stunt shows that he did which just crazy shit mm-hmm. uh watched 1958's teacher's pet Uh, Starring Clark Gable and Doris Day, Gig Young and Mamie Van Doren. Gig, gig, and uh, this was good. And uh, you know, Doris Day was pretty fucking sexy, but she was. (laughs) uh, I'm telling you what, Mamie Van Doren was really sexy, and uh, Clark Gable. It's it was on uh, I think on uh, Comcast In Demand for free. So you know, I was sitting there. I found more shit to watch on there than I find on Netflix. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'm like that with
1: YouTube lately.
2: Yeah. Netflix is just—I don't know, man. It's hard. I—I I just find myself looking, and never can really settle down and find anything.
1: I'm looking up pictures of Mamie Van Doren.
2: Yeah, she was pretty hot, and she there, did like. There a, she
1: is when she's old with a see-through shirt on. Yeah,
2: yeah, she 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 carried on the sex symbol thing into her like her seventies or something. <laughs> uh, this one is um, 1979's Wanda Nevada, uh, directed by Peter Fonda, starring Peter Fonda and a very young Brooke Shields. Um, it's I really liked it. It's uh, Brooke Shields. She was probably like thirteen, fourteen years old, so her acting ability was not great. But she's playing a thirteen, fourteen year old girl. Um, it's a it's a good one, and it, and it's uh, I think the only movie that Peter Fonda and Henry Fonda were in together, and that one was also on Comcast in demand for free. It uh, seems like old times from nineteen eighty. This is a Neil Simon. Written movie with Goldie Hawn, Chevy Chase, Charles Grodin. It's pretty funny. It has some uh, stereotypical—I uh, don't know if I should say stereotypical racist uh, characters in it, but it sort of does.
1: That's one of the movies we're talking about this week.
2: It was—it was fun. I thought it was <laughs> kind of funny, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, got in a sleaze hole with a uh, Snapdragon. Uh, Which stars (laughs) Stephen Bauer and uh, very hot young Pamela Anderson, who gets very naked. Uh, This is a uh, a psychological thriller, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's like one of the first, other than Bar. I think this one in Barb Wire, were the you know first movies that Pamela Anderson was in, and this was before she got like kind of gross. She was still young and looked good, and her boobs looked good, and everything looked good. No, Um, No
1: plastic surgery yet. This one – well, she might have had her
2: boobs done, but they weren't like so blown up that they look stupid. This one is a real good one and uh, kind of a gem that I found. Uh, It's called J.W. Coop from 1971, directed and written by Cliff Robertson and starring Cliff Robertson, Geraldine Page. Uh, It's a rodeo movie. Uh, There was a a few of those. There was one with uh, Steve McQueen and Joe Don Baker called Junior Bonner, and uh, I know um, – James Coburn had one and then um there was one with Richard Woodmark and Frederick Forrest but this one's good cuz it's just kind of like a an americana kind of a movie this um rodeo rider cliff robertson gets out of prison and then he's hitchhiking across you know the country to different rodeos meeting hitchhikers and riding in you know with different people it's almost like a two lane blacktop kind of movie mm. i really liked it uh, that's a musical interlude there. You shouldn't do that if you start podcasting. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, 2005's Capote, uh, with Philip Seymour Hoffman. We've talked about that before. It's really yeah. good. Um, uh, so won't go into that one too much again. Uh, 54, uh, from 1998, uh, Mark Christopher written and directed starring Ryan Philippe. Salma Hayek and uh, some other people, Mike Myers. It's all about Studio 54. It's pretty good. I mean, it's, it, what a I mean, Jesus Christ, this craziness, you know, lots yeah. of cocaine, lots of fucking, they, you know, people just be screwing in the bar and everything else, and uh, lots of uh, unpaid tax money. Um, 1983's The Big Chill, Lawrence Kasdan, written and directed, starring Tom Berenger, Jeff Goldblum, Glenn Close, uh, William Hurt was really good in this. Uh, Kevin Klein, Mary Kay Place, Meg Tilly, who was super fucking hot, Jamie Gillis. Oh, well, that's James, <laughs> James Gillis. Uh, that's not the star because <laughs> he played the preacher. I like this movie. Some people hate it because they said it was you know a yuppie movie. But uh, the whole um, funeral thing—it's based around a funeral. Uh, Kevin Costner's actually, and he got cut out of the whole movie. You only see his wrists. Nice. Um, he, you know, and just a bunch of friends. Getting together and dealing with you know the loss of a friend and everything. Um, this one is a true iconic movie, The Manchurian Candidate, 1962, uh, directed by John Frankenheimer, starring uh, Frank Sinatra, Janet Leigh, and Lawrence Harvey. Uh, watched it last night before I went to work. It was still great.
1: I have uh, that on DVD, and I've still never seen it.
2: Ah, uh, it's really good. Um, and they remade it with, um, Denzel Denzel Washington and, um, Liam Shriver, but that one, it wasn't as good and the circumstances around making it, they, they made the movie and then John F. Kennedy got assassinated and, uh, it's set on the shelf for quite a while because it it kind of revolves around, uh, an assassination, uh, like a precursor sort of a deal, I guess. Um, I watched *The Defector* from 1966, or *Les Espions*, uh, starring Montgomery Clift, Hardy Kruger, and Roddy McDowell. Uh, This is a a Warner Archive movie. I'd never even heard of it. It's um, uh, Montgomery Clift. Later on in his life, um, he's not. You know, when we watched *Red River*, I mean, like he was like a fucking heartthrob, and he's probably in his. I don't know mid 40s, maybe 50 at this time, but it's still a good movie. It's a, uh, it's a, a cold war espionage cool. deal. Um, I watched *Gomorra* again, uh, from 2008, uh, Matteo Garone and it's got a whole bunch of people's names like Gianfalis Imparato, Salvatore Abruzzi and Tony Servillo and, uh, <laughs> I liked it uh, uh, more – the first time I watched it, I had heard so much about it, and I, I just felt kind of like a letdown because the thing on the cover art says the greatest mafia movie ever made and all this and that. And when I watched it, I was like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> this time I I bought it uh, a while back, and um, I think a blockbuster when it was going under. And so I put it in, and I and I watched it, and it's – good but i don't i don't number one don't think it's the greatest mafia movie ever made i think that's pretty goddamn hyperbolic and uh but it has like a lot – and di- uh, it's almost like um um oh what's the one without honor and humanity um
1: podcast without
2: no not podcast the actual movie <laughs>
1: <laughs> i know
2: battles without honor and humanity where they have <laughs> so many characters and it's hard to, it
1: gets hard to follow.
2: Yeah. But I, 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 I do. I, it definitely went up in the score. I finished off watching, um, the second season of Hannibal and they went, I think two or three episodes into the third season and canceled it. Oh, yeah. I kind of got tired of it. Really? It's, it, it was, um, it's just so over the top. And, you know, I, I like Mads and, uh, Mickelson, but, it just yeah. You know, after a while, it just was the same. Th- it seemed like it got redundant. It was the same thing every week, and they just they would have the most. You know, even though it was on TV, just shocking gore and for gore for for, sho- for shock value and for gore's sake. I I don't know. What, it just kind of I got burnt out on it.
1: Yeah.
2: So you know I I don't think even the third season. I don't think I would have kept up with it. Oh, well. But that's about it. There was a few other ones, but I've, I think you know stuff I've already watched. So
1: cool um i got quite a few in for me um some real shitty ones uh (laughs) i started off my it's been a week it's been two and a half weeks jesus has it yeah i think so because we skipped last weekend when you were out of town yeah and then this past weekend so yeah two it's been two and a half weeks so um i watched dumb and dumber two and Ugh. Jesus Christ was this bad. <laughs> I, I look at IMDb now, and somehow people, 70, out of 76,000 users, it's been rated a 5.8. This is like a 2, easily. Uh. Like It is not funny at all. And I'm, I'm still somewhat a fan of the first one, even though I haven't seen it in a long time.
2: Now, does this one have, this one doesn't have Jim Carrey?
1: No, it has both of them.
2: Oh, it has both of them. I thought yeah, and they, well, didn't I, they make one that didn't even have either guy in it? Yeah, it was a
1: prequel. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't the Farley brothers either, I don't think.
2: Did you see that one?
1: No, I didn't see that one. No. Um oh god. I don't know. Like don't waste your time even if you like dumb and dumber cuz this is a fucking turd. <laughs> it's bad. Um I didn't I hardly I don't think I laughed. Well, I, I I I I remember one time I did laugh. Um Jim, Car- I don't remember who was having the fantasy. It must have been Jim Carrey, and he was fantasizing about coming up to Jeff Daniels' like trailer for some reason. <laughs> and uh Jeff Daniels' like redneck family was all around the trailer, and there was a little door near the back of the trailer that opens up, and there's a little old, old lady inside, and she <laughs> she says something like with with through like the tracheotomy tracheotomy machine. Uh. And I laughed at that because she was in this tiny little ca- like cabinet, and she said <laughs> her voice sounded weird, and that was really the only thing I laughed at, just because it was unexpected.
2: I might pass on that
1: one. Yeah, maybe it might be a good idea.
2: I'll trust your judgment.
1: I watched uh, which well, one? I'd...
2: Maybe I won't because you actually watched it to start with. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah I, I just I'll just say I came across it. It was easy to watch and I was able to halfway ignore it. I think I I think I made uh, pasta and ate while I was uh, halfway paying attention to it.
2: That's every movie I watch.
1: Um I watched Four Weddings and a Funeral which I thought I'd seen but I have not and it was um for a romantic comedy, pretty good. Um it was okay overall for me. Um I still think Andy McDowell at this time was pretty sexy. Mhm. Um, I don't know what it was about her. I don't know if it was her accent or what, but um but it's a it was a good little movie. Um it stands up above the normal fare, you know, like it's it doesn't it's not nearly as uh as I guess formulaic as uh a lot of them get. Um and I watched uh one that was a little more formulaic now, maybe it wasn't when it came out, it was Sleepless in Seattle. I don't know if that was or not and i could have sworn and i posted this on the group i could have sworn i had seen this movie mm-hmm. and everything i was remembering about it was the fucking uh, the other meg ryan movie with uh you got mail the, no with what's with billy crystal
2: Oh, where she the fake the orgasm sally was yeah, it some- yeah
1: so Every time I would think, "Oh, this is the part." Wait, no, that didn't. Oh, that must have been that other movie. And like I could, and I as I watched this, I was like, "I've never seen this movie before."
2: Some of this, I mean, you know, they are what they are. But I mean, you know, I don't hate them. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I would I would have rented it back in the '90s and been fine with it. It was. It was fine. It was a good good chick flick. Um, I used the movie pass went to go see Dope, uh, 2015. This is um. A movie about three kids who... It's a South Central LA kind of story. And I thought it was going to be set in the early 90s. But it's actually set present day. And the kids in it are just obsessed with the early 90s. Uh. So they listen to all the music from then. and um, I don't know. Like, I was excited kind of going into it. I think the fact that it was present day kind of let me down. Because it was like shit with iPhones and stuff. And I was like, you oh. know... And that, for whatever reason, kind of disappointed me a little. And some of the the music didn't work. Um, they're supposed to be in a punk band, mm-hmm. and the, the the music they make is pretty fucking awful. Um, I th- I think it's... I don't know who it was that... Uh, Pharrell or something made the punk music. Not a punk artist at all. So their music was pretty corny. Um Eh, it was fine. I, did, I I wasn't offended by it, but I was let down by it. It was probably like a six and a half, maybe a six. After I saw it, I was hoping for more. Um, I rewatched Mad Max Fury Road, and it's still awesome. Still haven't seen it. You got to see it. Um, I know. saw a couple Al Pacino movies, huh. a couple new Al Pacino movies. Um, one called Danny Collins, where. He it's uh the, well the the synopsis an aging rock star he's the aging rock star and he's pretty funny as an aging rock star uh, an aging rock star decides to change his life when he discovers a forty year old letter written to him by John Lennon huh um it's pretty good it's kind of like one of those like uh, trying to make up for the past kind of stories does he um, do the uh,
2: hamming up Al Pacino no huah,
1: not like really he does a couple times when he's drunk when yeah. he's doing like. His, like, but it, it works like he's cast well for it. It's, it's, he's cast like that for a reason. They've given like a fake bake in it and he looks absurd with his scarves and shit. Yeah. Um, like Ron Moss. <laughs> um, but it's, Annette Bedding's good. She's in it. Um, and then uh, Bobby Cannavale um, and Christopher Plummer's in it. He'll like him too. Yeah. Um, and your your favorite, Jennifer Garner. She's likeable in it too. She's single now. Or going oh, to be single. I, I heard. And
2: she's, and she's from West Virginia. So.
1: There you go. You got a chance. I never
2: liked her. I really don't want her even if I had the chance. <laughs> I don't know, you know. Maybe. But
1: you know, this was Danny Collins was pretty good. It's worth it's she's worth a watch. It out. It's a it's a it's a daddy issues movie, so. Um, like
2: those Was it was it uh um on the same level? What was the one with Sean Penn? Oh. Where he was uh, the not he was like uh, the guy from the Smiths or whatever and
1: oh <laughs> different kind of daddy issues but different. no I mean it, it it was not it was more um, it was less out it was less left field than that movie was um it was pretty straightforward what was say.
2: that one called do you remember
1: um this must be the place
2: yeah that was a good movie yeah
1: um, the other Pacino movie I watched was a, a David Gordon Green movie Manglehorn.
2: Mangle, Manglehorn
1: and that's his last name. So Manglehorn is a locksmith and lives in this real shitty little house in the middle of nowhere in Texas. And it's another daddy issues movie and it's very it's slow-paced. It's not like like he doesn't do the Al Pacino at all in this. Um it's I thought it was really good. I this is a movie that's going to divide people because of its pacing, I think. Um, Holly Hunter is very likable in it. Um, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed this. It's not too long, like maybe hour 40. Um, but, uh, you'll get the David Gordon Green vibe from it a little bit, I think. Um, but it, I, I liked it a lot and there's, it, it's, uh, and Pacino was really good in it. Nice understated role for him at least. Um, and there's a poster I found that was absolutely absurd with like a pistol on it and stuff. And I was like, "What? That none, none of that happens in the movie."
2: Manglehorn sounds like a movie about a guy who gets his dick slammed in a car door.
1: <laughs> uh, no, no, it's just his name, Mangle. I forgot his first name. It was A J. Manglehorn. So yeah, and he he is a he drives a van around with, for this locksmith business. And... ooh uah. Uh, I watched the new Poltergeist that came out earlier this year uh, with Sam Rockwell and Rosemarie DeWitt. Does he show Uh, his bubble butt? He does not show his butt. I don't care. he does not dance, I don't think. (laughs) Um, He's a good dancer. (laughs) It's okay. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. I'm a fan of the old one. Um, There's some nice visuals in it. Was Craig uh, T. Nelson in the first? Craig one? Craig T. Nelson was in the first one with yeah. um, Joe Joanne. What was her name? Poltergeist. I, was, I loved the first, but I saw the first one when I was like seven. Joe Beth Williams. Yeah. yeah. Um,
2: she was yeah. in Big Chill.
1: The the guy I really like. What is his name? Jared Harris. Hmm. Um, you'd recognize him if you saw him. He was in uh, one of the new Sherlock movies. Mm Um, and he was in, he's been, he was in Mad Men, but he plays the, like the little old lady house clean, cleaning thing. Um, but he's not, he doesn't do that like quirky kind of thing. And this one he's, he is on those, one of those ghost hunter shows Mm -hmm. and they call him for help. And, but it it sounds like it's gonna be a comedy it's not but it it has it's funny moments just because Poltergeist kinda lends itself to that sometimes but it's I'd say like the imagery itself is probably scarier than the first one and this one kind of moves along faster than the first one because once the shit starts happening it really starts happening but I mean it was okay I mean it was probably better than I thought it was gonna be I thought I was gonna hate it but eh, it's like a six um let's see one that was really terrible was The Wedding Ringer uh Kevin Hart <laughs> and Josh Gad.
2: It's just like you're watching like these these comedies trying to cheer yourself up, and all of them suck. Oh so my god, I am and...
1: almost I'm about to give up on modern on new comedies. Like I cannot find one that's worth a shit. And I didn't think this one was going to be worth a shit. I didn't think Dumb and Dumber was either. I just came across it, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and <laughs> decided to watch it. And it's funny I had somebody else watch Get Hard. Uh, at work and tell me about it and it was like pretty much sounds like the same fucking story as this yeah. so the wedding ringer is like this like socially awkward guy that hires um, Kevin Hart who runs a business where he pretends to be your best man um, I've because,
2: seen it I, I actually watched that turd
1: oh you've seen the wedding ringer yeah yeah, yeah. I don't
2: yeah I did yeah, the highlight of I the movie a was Hart movie with uh, Ice Cube too I can't remember what that was called the ride along
1: Oh, I forgot that I watched 21 Jump Street. I almost didn't part, write that down. <laughs> Another fucking turd. <laughs> <laughs> that had cheer a, I, up, didn't it? If you didn't say Ice Cube, I would have forgotten. But I didn't hate I I hated that movie too. So uh, Wedding Ringer sucked, 21 Jump Street sucked. Um I'm going to get the other suck out of the way. It was Spy. No, I got two more. Spy, the new Melissa McCarthy movie. Uh, okay. Like I'm, I, I don't know why people love this movie so much. This is getting good reviews, and everybody's excited about this Paul Feig guy that's going gonna to direct the new Ghostbusters with Melissa McCarthy and Jesus Christ. I, did, I laughed like once in this thing, and it was is when her Jude boss... Jude Law in that? Jude Law's in it. Yeah, he plays yeah. a spy. And uh, I'll tell you who's funny. Um, Statham is in it, and he's funny. Mm. He he's very he's got a very foul mouth. Um. I don't I don't I'm not on the Lisa McCarthy train. I don't think she's Ain't funny. Either. This movie was not good for me. Wasn't she
2: the one? Was she the one that shit in the sink? In yeah, that uh, and
1: Bridesma- yeah, in Bright. Bridesma- the same. Okay, that guy directed that movie too. Yeah. So I'm not excited about Ghostbusters because of their two ties to it. Honestly. Uh. Um. I don't know. I laughed at a joke about pink eye only because it sounded like s- something I would yell at somebody at work because people come to work sick all the fucking time and get other people sick. Um, and the other turd I watched today was Grown Ups 2, which is a fucking brutal. Ugh, Jesus. Uh, you are a
2: fucking glutton for punishment. <laughs> and I watched I, the first one sucked.
1: The first one was terrible. This one was worse. Um I la- I watched this one because um Uh, The Frost Giant posted this morning that Netflix thinks that he likes Adam Sandler movies all of a sudden. (laughs) So I made a Grown Ups 2 joke, and then I decided to watch it just to see how bad it was. And um, I'll tell you, the funniest part of this movie was Shaquille (laughs) O'Neal. He plays a cop in it, and his fucking faces. Like, he's the only funny part of this movie. And it's so bad. I was laughing I would, like through it. I would, I would just pause it and I would laugh at how fucking terrible it was. Uh, um, my
2: friend went to a golf tournament uh at the Greenbrier and Shaq was there and apparently his <laughs> golfing skills are <were> not uh <laughs> great.
1: Shaquille O'Neal's a funny guy. Um but there's a funny story if you look it up of uh uh Adam Sandler was on Conan O'Brien once and he was talking about there must have been on the set of this and said they were all playing basketball, and Shaquille O'Neal needed to go take a shower, and that's when he decided he's like, "I've got to see Shaquille O'Neal's penis." So, yeah. <laughs> he, did you have you heard this story? No, nah, huh. and he sneaks down he's like, so here I go. I'm going in. I hear the shower running. I'm going to go in to see, uh, Shaq's penis. And then I bump into, he's like the bodyguard and he's like, he's huge. He's muscular. You know, he's got one eye and he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. I I was just trying to see Shaq's penis. And and he said, he leaves and he comes back. Uh, he comes to Shaq later and he's like, he knew, he knew the security guard had said something. And when he walks up to Shaq, he's like, uh, Shaq, I got to talk to you about something, uh, and um, I, I ran into your security guard and Shaq says, that wasn't my security guard. That was my dick. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that must have been on the set.
2: Must be a burden.
1: <laughs> um, let's see. I watched a couple Ethan Hawke movies. Um, The Purge uh, from whenever that was.
2: It was pretty good. I didn't even know he was in that. I thought that was like a known name. Like
1: people- the, He was in the second one. No, wait. Was he in the second one? No, Ethan Hawke wasn't. No, he was in the first one. Yeah, Um, it was all right. You know, Um, it was fine. And then I watched Predestination, which I had never heard of, and it's a time traveling movie, which I'm a kind of a sucker for, and it's a little confusing, but it wraps it up pretty well. I thought. Um, I think it's Australian, but I'm not sure. It takes place in the United States, and. He carries this like, I don't know if it's a violin case or what, and that's like his time machine. Uh. And he's a, I think he's based in the '80s, but he's jumping around. He's a temporal agent. He works for some kind of government agency. Um, It's not, it's not an action movie. It's kind of a maybe a thriller of sorts, or maybe it's more of a like a drama or a mystery or something. It's 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 interesting. It's worth checking out. Um, I watched Lucy. Which was okay. Luke Besson movie with uh, Scarlett. Kind of got it.
2: Really got out there. I mean it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it did. And I th- are they going to make a second one?
2: That's what they say. That's, I don't know what the I, hell they're going to do. I don't know.
1: Yeah. It. And the guy. What was what was that guy's name? Min Min Sik Choi, isn't it? Yeah. He's he's the guy from Old Boy and. The really gross guy from I saw the devil. <laughs> yeah, I like um, him though; he's good. Yeah, he was he was good in this too. Uh, but Lucy, it was okay. Um, I liked her with the pistols and stuff, and then it got, it got a little tired after a while. Yeah. Um, I watched a really shitty one called Blood Rage. Shitty. It was kind of shitty. Good. Um, kind of a Henry portrait of serial killer serial killer type movie about this like really creepy looking guy that like kills hookers. Um. Yeah, it was pretty much straight to video even though it was made in the 70s that's what it felt like uh i watched tom cruise in oblivion 2013 um i got a little confused by this one uh i probably should have paid better attention to it. (laughs) were you eating pasta uh i don't know what i was doing i was probably eating something fat fuck (laughs) um yeah, that's pretty neat though. I don't I I don't know enough about Scientology. I, I remember that this was one of those ones that came out that says this is totally like a Scientology movie. Yeah. Um, but I don't know enough. I guess I don't know enough about Scientology. The, well, there's the I read
2: this week that he was leaving the church. Ooh. He's. I guess you know they do that shit like a shunning kind of a thing. Oh. Uh, and um, he said he was tired of you know being told when he could or couldn't see his. Daughter and oh, wow. uh, you know they're really controlling about that shit. Huh. So whatever um, the whole, I think that whole thing's going down the tubes after they've been they've been so exposed lately. Yeah. with all but their the yeah
1: you know, I I don't I, like I said I don't know enough about like the details of the faith or whatever it is yeah. to know like to to see to feel like I was being yeah you know, advertised. That's the way to. I felt
2: when I watched it. It just seemed like a good yeah. science. Fiction. Yeah, it was it was
1: very it was very nice looking um whoever the chick was that played his played the like the astronaut lady was really hot mm. i don't know who who what was her name olga kurilenko kurilenko yeah oh she's
2: gorgeous ah. love her
1: um but yeah oblivion's cool i liked it um i rewatched terminator salvation the christian bale one yeah um and sam worthington and okay, the first time I saw this, saw it with the father-in-law, and uh, he didn't really dig it at all, mm-hmm. which made you know sometimes when you see a movie and you're with somebody that just fucking just you know, their reception rubs off on you. Yeah, so it's like when after I left, I was like, yeah, you know what, Meh, that movie it was kind of. I, I watched it this time and I liked it a lot better. Okay. Um, not I a need great to
2: revisit movie. that it was on TV because the new one came out. Yeah, so they've, they've been showing it.
1: It wasn't a great movie, but it wasn't bad. I'm a sucker for Terminator. Oh, I, I rewatched the old Terminator, the '84 one, which is still pretty great. I um, like
2: watching Christian Bale movies, but because I—I mean, I think he's good. But I—I I become obsessed with watching his mouth because <laughs> there's that that the, whatever's the deal Lispy with his teeth kind of
1: thing he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, the you know it's a it's a fine movie, uh, and you get to see a little bit of uh, Michael Ironside in it, so that's all right. Mm. Um, and then I went to go see the new Terminator Genesis. Now. Now. Let's so hear it. Everybody so everybody was like saying Spy is awesome. Go see Spy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Spy suck dick. <laughs> everybody says Terminator sucks Terminator Genesis sucks dick. Don't go see Terminator. And I saw it and I was like, you know what? This might be even be better than Salvation. Definitely it better was, than Spy. Oh my God. The fucking like almost shot on video. Prostitute murder movie was better than (laughs) (laughs) that. I, I, you know what? I had I was completely fine with this. Um, The special effects looked really nice. They do some cool stuff near the beginning uh, because part of it takes place in nineteen eighty four. Um, the guy that plays John, no, um, Kyle Reese is not very good at all. Mm. He's a block of wood.
2: He's no Michael Bean.
1: No. The Kyle Reese in the first movie was way better. Uh, Amelia Clark, um, I found myself giving uh, Gr- um, Gronky and I went, and I kept giving Gronky the Arnold, the Terminator thumbs up every time she would run and her cleavage would jiggle around. Oh. <laughs> um, it's a PG 13 movie, so know that going in. Arnold is good. Um, they, they explain well why he's aged. Um, is he pretty funny? He's funny because he does that like I don't know if you remember in the second one there was like a an extra thing they never put in the theatrical cut of him like learning how to smile. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he he does that like three times in this and it looks really funny because <laughs> he you know he he he's still learning how to like be emotional I guess mm-hmm. and um so he'll That'll like smile tough. when he says something smart and like it looks really, really <laughs> awkward it's funny. Good, <laughs> he looked like a big, oh, oh, his <laughs> big teeth, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, no. <laughs> but you know what? I I enjoyed this, I didn't really like the end of it. They've definitely made room for more, I'll say yeah. that. Um, yeah, it was fine, you know. Oh, I didn't, I did? I did not hate it at no. all, probably like a seven. Um, and then I watched Inside Out, went back to the theater yesterday, I watched the new Pixar movie, and this was really good. Um, this is a. Uh, it takes place inside a little girl's head, and it's like the five major emotions of joy, disgust, sadness, anger, and fear. And they have a. It's int- really cute the way they've done it, like very, um, very, like, very creative. They have like I feel a con-
2: all of those every time we podcast. <laughs>
1: yeah. They have a control panel, and. At whoever is steering the control panel is the guiding emotion for what the little girl's experiencing at the moment. Um, but it was well done. It's touching at times. It's a good little movie. Um, it's best best Pixar I've seen in quite a while. So um, I enjoyed it. I'd I'd, I'd, I'd I'd probably buy this one. It's like uh, it says from the creators of Up. I don't know who if the writers are the same or what, but Up was probably the last Pixar movie that I saw that I really loved. So, um, but this one's really good. I watched
2: yeah. uh up in the uh the doctor's uh uh well' it's not, it's not what do you call it do you call it a waiting room when you're sitting out before you even go into the
1: <laughs> there was a Seinfeld it? episode about that I, yeah. it's like the waiting room and then the extra waiting room inside. yeah
2: they you sit in there and watch <laughs> up and then they put you in a room they they i i you know you generally think, okay, well, I don't want to just sit out here, but at least there was a TV. Then they take you into a room where there's nothing, and you just sit in there by yourself, staring at the wall, and
1: wondering when you're supposed to take your pants off.
2: Yeah, and I, said, I fucking uh, undid my <laughs> my pants because she had to give me a shot in the butt, mm-hmm. and uh, she'd said something or did something, and I fucking almost dropped. Like I had a uh, pair of shorts on, and I almost like lost. And dropped them all the way to the ground. I, st- <laughs> I, I generally just try and d- pull it down just far enough that they can get the cheek. But I yeah, think yeah. it would be funny to go in I've never in there.
1: had to get a shot in my ass.
2: Well, I think it would be funny to just go in there and just drop everything all the way down to your ankles.
1: Well, I had a guy, and this is a funny thing, when I had uh, a hernia. Mm-hmm. So I went to the general practitioner, and it was a very, very polite, um, quiet Indian woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had to go to her to get the referral because I knew what it was. But anyway, so I go to her and she's like, may I may I uh, inspect you? Whatever she says. And like very like gingerly, like please do. Yeah. And um, so that was that experience. And then when I go to see the surgeon, I'm standing there in my underwear and he rolls his desk chair right up in front of me. So he's his face level with my dick and just says, all right, drop him. <laughs> <laughs> nice and then he's just like poke 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 he's like well you got two hernias i'm like what <laughs> so that'd be was... funny
2: if he just came over and just just grabbed your your uh, pants and just fucking yanked them down
1: <laughs> well i was horrified when i went in there for that um for that one because you know those little rolling trays that doctors will have yeah there was this giant like pile of lube that had been squirted out onto Ugh. a piece of paper and i'm like what the fuck are they going to use that for <laughs> Well, he never I, ended up using it, so I don't know what it was for. But I
2: had to have like I guess it would be considered like an ultrasound on mm. my balls. Ooh! And they, you go in – like you know when you see a woman in a in a movie like where they um, she's having a baby and they put that gel all over her, her yeah, stuff. Yeah, and yeah. take that like wand thing and go. They got they had to do that to my nuts.
1: <laughs> so I had this is a kind of a funny story kind of he related. I think
2: he was a doctor. He said he was at the bar.
1: I have a, yeah, it's kind of related <laughs> to this. So I go I went to this one doctor and I ended up getting like the, you know, they they checked the um prostate. Uh-huh. And um it, it was like it was a guy, so he had larger fingers. <laughs> and <laughs> That's um best. But I was talking to a uh, a coworker afterwards and I was like, "Yeah, I had to get the I got the, my first prostate exam." And He's like, he's like, yeah, those are pretty annoying. I was like, well, it's like, the worst part wasn't the exam; it was the fact that he like wiped my butt afterwards. And he, the guy, my coworker's like, he wiped your ass. I'm like, wait, they're not supposed to do that.
2: Just, I would think that they would just like maybe hand you something and say, okay, you
1: know. Yeah, he he kind of wiped up the lube for me a little bit, and then, and then after my coworker said that, I was like, wait. What just (laughs) happened?
2: It's like, wait a minute. That doesn't feel like toilet paper. That feels like a tongue. Uh,
1: So, yeah. Well, whatever. He was one of those, like, holistic-y type doctors anyway. You gotta, you
2: know, especially the older you get, you you just might as well...
1: Yeah, who gives
2: a fuck? Yeah, I'd rather have that than be, you know, have prostate cancer and not know it or
1: something. Uh, Cool, that's all I watched, and... It's been a while since I had a prostate exam, so maybe it's time I go back. I'll find a woman doctor this time. I do. I,
2: I get to do the colonoscopy uh, oh, starting fuck. next year. I'm
1: going to have to find one because I know that they have like another way to do it where it's more. It works more like an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Where and so instead of like the camera on the on the stick, it's a. <laughs> well, I the, want them
2: stick something on my butt.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. You know,
2: I want a, I want a, the full meal deal with
1: fries and a large drink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's take a break, and uh, we'll come back. Let's just go in chronological. We'll, uh, I hope I'm saying it right. We'll come back and review Piero LeFou, or Piero the Madman. We'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old pop culture podcast? Do you listen to those other podcasts and think to yourself, why aren't they talking about the things I'm interested in? Uh. Hi, I'm Reverend Scott, and when I want to listen to a couple of guys with their appendages on the pulse of pop culture, I listen to the Are You Serious podcast. Hear news about politics and religion, where hosts Chris and Frank ask the tough questions. you woke up with a cock in your mouth, would you take it or leave it? Yeah, exactly. How big (laughs) is the cock? You'll hear entertainment news about your favorite movies and TV shows, plus plain old wholesome discussion about the lives of Chris and so, I mean, now I am like tattooed. It's weird. It's like I've, I guess I should explain what I got. Yeah. It's three swastikas. <laughs> Each one interconnected <laughs> to look like a smiley face. And on my left arm is cock and balls. And you notice I looked at my right the character arm. Character from said an old that. Disney film. It's was the prequel to Song of the South. Exactly. I have, it's um, called Song of the Cock and Balls. <laughs> it sounds like this. So when you think pop culture podcast, remember this. What's that thing between the dick and the asshole? The Are You Serious Podcast on iTunes or areyourseriouspodcast.com. How come I knew that was AC? AC. Because every guitar riff they ever start songs with. (laughs) Um, Alright, this is. 1965's Pierrot Le Fou. Or. Pierrot Le Fou. Or. Pierrot the Madman, I guess. Um, This is directed by Jean Luc Godard, starring. Jean-Paul Bellamondo Who is still around I was excited to see And uh, Anna Karina, And some other people They don't really star Um, So, Dom, would you care to synopsize this? Oh, Jesus Christ Uh
2: Yeah, well, let's see here Piro escapes, he's boring Why am I doing that accent? I don't know (laughs) (laughs) Pero <laughs> you know, escapes his boring society and travels from Paris to the Mediterranean Sea with Marianne, a girl chaste by from Algeria. Uh, they lead uh, an unorthodox life, to say the least, always on the run, always singing and dancing and having fun. Madcap. High ensues.
1: <laughs> so, uh, as I'm watching, I've never seen this one. Now, Godard is, he was he was one of the forerunners of the French New Wave in maybe the late 50s, definitely into the 60s. Um, this is, let's see, I guess starting with, well, Breathless. That was 1960. That was earlier than I thought. Um, So, Godard was kind of... He was of a movement that was kind of redefining the structure of film in general. And he came from a group of, um, of cr- uh, film critics and was taking, like, tropes of, I guess, genre films of the time and, like, putting this kind of, at that, at that point, modern spin on them. And what this movie, Pierre Lefou, feel ends up feeling like is like a culmination of all of that kind of thing. And I've not seen anything of his after this. Um, so I think this kind of started a new... Wait, maybe I have. Let me see. Alphaville. Uh, did, did you see that? Did No, I didn't see Alphaville. Mm-hmm. What did he... Did he do the... Uh, no, that was somebody else. Film like any other Sympathy for the Devil documentary. Yeah, it's probably Rolling Stone. Maybe, I don't know. He directed that? I don't know. Um, no, I don't know that I've seen anything else of his. So, um, but what you have, Lisa, as you said, this you have a uh, a guy living his life in France. He seems a little bored, um, and then you have this exciting young babysitter <laughs> who he runs away with, and it becomes like a a Bonnie and Clyde type story, but very, very stylized.
2: Very, very. Um,
1: very, very stylized. And as I was watching this, I had not seen this. As I was watching this, I was really wondering if this was going to totally miss you or be something you were into. Uh-oh. <laughs> Maybe you should go first, just in well, case. Well, okay, here's the deal.
2: People, listen up. Because I'll <laughs> say this.
1: I, I, I quite dug this because I liked what he was doing, right. even though I didn't follow everything right. that was going on.
2: I feel the exact same way. I like the visual styling. I liked uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the the kind of jump cut, mat- and it, you know, it had a lot of madcap stuff in it. And and uh, they said uh, there was a lot of uh, improvisation. He just kind of said, yeah. "Okay, go with this, go with that." It took me a while to kind of almost realize what the fuck was going on because it just right. seemed like it was you know with the whole. Uh, like they would just have all the, like all these guns and people would just come in and start taking gun after gun after gun and look at them and set them somewhere and all this and that. Uh, there was a scene where she's just like walking around an apartment and you look over and there's this dead body with scissors stuck in the back of its neck. Um, and you're like, okay, is that really there? Or is this supposed to, cause they're just, <laughs> everybody's just I- ignoring it. Um, And then, you know, this is one of those ones that it helps to kind of read a little bit of a synopsis or some stuff about it before you watch to kind of because I appreciate the artistic stylings and what he was going for. And it's totally different than a lot of the stuff that I've ever seen. Yeah. But I'll be honest. There were several times where I took a break from it because it was annoying <laughs> me. Um, with some of the just uh, like I like I said, I don't know how much of it was ad libbed, but there yeah. was a lot of it where you know uh, Bellamondo might be just sitting there reading passages out of a book, or you know, or there's kind of like a. Chasing each other around in cars, or chasing each other around and dancing, or, or doing just odd shit. It was like almost what like it, a performance art, kind of a thing,
1: right? And what I think it was was like a cinematic exercise of these people. It was like a a very self aware um, homage, in a way, to this sort of like not a not a heist film, but. Um, I guess a crime yeah. film, and it's like a Bonnie and Clyde story, but I mean, it's it, – and it even happens, but I was like, it's one step away from the characters just looking at the camera almost the whole time, just telling you what they're getting ready to yeah. do, which actually does happen a couple times, um, which I, I'll get to. But anyway, anyway, do you want to continue? <sighs> I – I, I can jump I'd in. I like Belmondo.
2: Right. If... I've seen him in several different things. He looks like my Uncle mm-hmm. Jerry. Uh, <laughs> but and <laughs> and I he's de- he definitely has a charisma. Uh Anna Corinna. Um she's cute and everything. I mean, she's very yeah. good
1: looking. She was in another one which I would actually recommend to you called Vive Vive sa vie, Vive sa vie, uh, V-I-V-R-E, okay. yeah, Savie uh V I V R E S A V I E where she plays a prostitute. Um like and it goes through stages of her like going through that. It's another French new wave, but not as not as uh, as out there. Yeah, as this well, one I mean, definitely. it's like
2: Alphaville. I I or not Alphaville. Uh, Breathless. I really like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I watch
1: So this is like this is like a this movie where Breathless was a comment on like the '40s gangster right. movies. This is a comment on Breathless. Right, exactly. Almost. Yeah. But
2: I also watched Alphaville because I'd heard so much about it, and I really didn't like it. Uh, so okay,
1: I haven't seen that one. So
2: you just have to know when you're watching um, Godard's movies. Not and I haven't seen that many of them either. I've only seen a, like maybe two or three, yeah. including this one. But you kind of I don't know. It's it's
1: uh, it's more his movies are more of the experiencing. Yeah filmmaking as opposed to experiencing a, 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 a narrative plot. yeah yeah, yeah, and, yeah
2: and so then when it was just i i shouldn't i knew right away what they were doing and what they were going for um it's so different from just a a linear you know uh narrative here's the storyline and everything uh that it's it's kind of like going to um, an avant garde, um, like I said, uh, 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 like uh, uh, it's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Uh, even though well, you know what it's going for and everything, it's not something that um, it, it's like, it, it's to me, it's more like going to like an art gallery uh, instead of sitting and watching, you know, a story. You know, the the visuals, Um, how he uses the camera, the colors and
1: and and lots of lots of great camera movement throughout. And Godard was kind of known for that. His like tracking his moving shots, but like panning around an entire room. And there's something really even simple at the end that I was I loved watching was when he was bowling. I don't know why he was bowling exactly, but. The way the camera would just, it would, the camera would roll down the aisle with the bowling ball and it would show the pins hit and then it would roll right back as it was being, the ball was getting returned, which I thought was pretty, was even, like, even something as simple as that looked, looked really good.
2: I, I don't think that, I think this is a movie that, uh, it's definitely, um, not something that, like, I could watch with my friends. I think that they would no. just, like, <laughs> you know, pretty much be like, what the fuck is this? Um, I like I said just I I almost would have liked to have seen these two in a badlands like Bonnie and Clyde movie together that was not so out there mm-hmm. uh but you know it is what it is and that's what he made and you know it's not it's so, not horrible or anything it's just you have to be you have to put yourself in dense. a different frame of mind Uh, And let you know, I I hate to say sound pretentious and say let the art flow over you, but that's what it is, you know.
1: Yeah, it is, and it's it's a it's a film more lending more towards being critiqued versus like watched and 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 enjoyed. Not not enjoyed, but it's it's not like you know, it's not Terminator. It's not you're not going to watch (laughs) something blow up. You're not watching you know, you're not watching you're watching this for the craft of it more than you are the story itself. So. Um and what what I found interesting with it was the way that it remained literary. It stayed so like um it it stayed unrealistic enough where it was almost like you were watching these two people filming a movie about something like this happening. And and I didn't know, I didn't understand why. And maybe, maybe after talking about it a little bit, it helps me kind of flesh it out. But um, she keeps calling him Pierrot in the movie, even though, and she, he always corrects her yeah. and says, My name is Ferdinand. Right. And then I was like, Why does she keep doing that? I didn't know if that was, I, that might be a reference that I just don't know. But it could also be, if you want to look at it another way, her character name for him in their little storybook adventure that they're creating this weird little the story yeah. you know and there's a few times where the same kind of thing um there was another like where they would be saying like narrating what is getting ready to happen but their stories are overlapping so he'll say a line and then she'll say the next line that doesn't quite join right. up and as i'm looking at i was trying to kind of work that one out in my head too and there was another one. Let me find the note that I did for it. Um, she, okay, she she breaks the fourth wall a couple times when he basically, he needs comfort. Ferdinand, or Piero asks her, he's like, you're never going to leave, are you? And she says, of course not. And she says it twice, and both times she says it, she looks straight into the uh-huh. camera. And it's almost like it was like takes of the same yeah. film because she says it t- you know, and it was like, it, it, it was, it, it, it flowed because they didn't stop. There was no like cut, but she looks away and then she looks back and says the exact same line, just a little bit differently. And it was almost, maybe I was, I don't know if I'm right or not, but it felt like that was like two takes of the same yeah. line.
2: Well, it kind of like, I, I like that um, they kind of fell in together and they were really into each other, but then they kind of started getting tired of each other's shit <laughs> yeah.
1: like you yeah. know he
2: just wanted to s- sit around and and read and
1: he he wanted to, he wanted to and he 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 kind of starts the movie in the way that he wants to live his life because yeah. it starts off and he's reading this like guide to a certain painter but he's reading it to his daughter his little girl while he's sitting he's sitting in the tub and smoking and reading about like this author or this uh this painter's um style which would make no sense to like a little six year old or whatever, but I like I like that he was the one soaking in the tub while she was sitting on the floor listening to him, not the other way around. But, um, but you know he he sends his maid to the movies because he thinks it's good for her education. He says he, that he keeps saying we're you know we're surrounded by too many squares, and you know he just wants to live this artistic life. And she, on the other hand, um, she's a free spirit. Yeah, Marianne, who played by Anna Karina. Now, Anna Karina was uh, married to Godard before this movie, Mm -hmm. and they were separated when they made this movie, so I'm wondering how much of the, like, freestyle feel you feel where she becomes, like, kind of, like, uh... uh, She probably got as tired of
2: his shit as she did. (laughs) Jean, And he probably hit all the scissors in the house.
1: Because she cheated on him on a movie set and then did this movie with him. Well,
2: you know how they are.
1: yeah. So but they go to this party um, which she, so Anna Karina is Marianne is the babysitter for for um Ferdinand's family and they're going to a party she so she's babysitting when he goes to the party I really like the way that was done where uh they he keeps walking room to room and there's these people talking about these like very forced horrible things and every room is like a a very stark color like green or blue and they're very one-dimensional looking but everybody's like like somebody's talking about this new car and how great it is and someone was talking about deodorant or something <laughs> and like he just looks miserable and then he goes and sits down beside a guy that doesn't speak french and it's samuel fuller yeah and, and, and playing quote, himself playing himself and he wrote he re- he says a quote: "A film is like a battleground. It's love, hate, action, violence, and death in one word: emotions." And that's kind of what this movie ends up being is more. It's, it's like that funny. stuff. When he said
2: that, Belamundo just went. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, Belamundo didn't understand what he was saying. Did the woman translate yeah, she everything? Trans- she had. Oh, okay, she trained. Okay, um, but yeah, <laughs> I like when he's told that he talks too much. Um, says, you know, he says, he says after he's told he's talked too much, he says a man alone always always talks too much, and he tosses the cake in some lady's face, and this like splits, and that's when he runs away with uh, I'm with at you, dude. um and that was a really cool thing when they're driving along, and like you could tell like they weren't really in a car, and somebody was just spinning like a light bulb on a string <laughs> in front of the windshield to show like the reflection of the lights going by, which I thought was kind of a neat effect. Um, you know, so they have this kind of like whirlwind thing at the beginning when they've run away. She's into books, she's into film, you know, and she, but she literally wants to live a life from one of these pieces of literature. Where I think he just wants to hang out and drink, eat giant things of cheese. And... Yeah, I
2: mean, you know, how the, uh, that was a big thing of cheese.
1: That was that was a little weird too. Like, where the hell did that what come from? And what the, what did he spread on? Like
2: it? Uh, caviar or something. I don't
1: I don't know. Yeah, he, it's like this giant thing. I don't know if it's it, it's not. It didn't look like Swiss cheese, but it's something that had a few holes yes. in it. This giant wedge that was like half the size of his torso. But he takes a knife and spreads something like kind of brown looking in the holes before he starts eating. That was it.
2: some pretty weak uh, waterboarding too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. They 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 just sprayed him with the shower head.
2: Yeah, but you know um, that's life.
1: But um,
2: and now that I was confused about something. Okay. The end.
1: I was confused about. A and lot I, by the end. <laughs> I may have to talk
2: to you about that because it would probably give some spoilers. But okay. about um, her, what happens? And did he do that?
1: Uh, we'll talk. Okay. About yeah.
2: Because uh, I I,
1: yeah. I don't know. Um. So you know they 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 are doing their runaway. Um. I like when they actually leave. France. So he goes to her place first, and that's where the thing happens where you say, that's just like the murdered guy, but um, just laying in the bed that no, neither of them seem to notice. But it seems like whoever she's currently involved with, there's this progression of scenes that happen that are cut up with their chronology. There's like It shows them stealing a rifle in a car, maybe murdering the guy that she was involved with, but it doesn't happen quite in order. And when I say that, it's not like, five minutes and then it hops back in time. It's literally like 10 seconds. And then you get another 10 seconds of something that doesn't happen right after that. So it's kind of like confusing right there, this whirlwind thing of them getting ready to run away. And, um,
2: they were like Bo and hope from days of our lives. They were on the run.
1: (laughs) Uh, but they're, you know, they're finally free of their square lives. And, um, you know, there's that weird, like zany scene at the gas station that made me laugh. Uh, when the she punches him in the in the stomach, and like it seems like gas station attendant, they want to just steal gas, and it just keeps seeming like gas station attendants just keep coming out. It's like wait, you can't leave, and then he has to like beat him up too. Um, it was Zane. He was madcap. Uh, it was, and uh, I like how he gets out of uh, his parallel parking spots, Where he just runs yeah, through the car right and pushes it out of the him. way. Um, there's a really weird, like almost surreal, like car accident scene where they're staging their own death basically but it's like this bridge that leads to nowhere just in the middle of a field and the car hanging from it with somebody that's supposed to be dead in it and that was really bizarre too but um but she starts to get bored of him and blah 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 I'm not going to give away the end of the movie I don't know if I could give away the end of the movie (laughs) (laughs) I could tell you exactly what happens and it might not make too much sense but um you know he just
2: well the the he, the grand finale was uh definitely a fourth of july um event i mean
1: yeah yeah and the, the the um that vietnam play they do was pretty out there <laughs> yeah' cause, uh seemed kind of political a little bit but uh you know they're they're trying to make money off of GIs in in France, so they're staging a play like like Vietnam, and she has her face, she's in yellow face, literally, and acting like she's speaking Vietnamese, and he's supposed to be a yeah, that uh, was a little bit uh... a soldier, and he's like yeah, sure, Hollywood communist, and she just is <laughs> like,
2: oh, dong, ding dong, ding dong. Uh, was, was yeah, that it was a, little uh, a, little a little
1: bit racist? A little bit, but I think that was the, the point? I don't think. I think that was the point because all the dumbass soldiers watching it really liked it, yeah. so I think that was why they were being yeah. racist. But, um, and but I thought of Sammy later on when uh, Marianne catches an entire car with a net. So. Yeah. yeah,
2: and uh, <laughs> I, I like that. The what that there was that she kind of had a little commentary about why women uh, are good killers or something, looking through mm-hmm. the crosshairs. Why they make good killers or something like that?
1: So it's a very—I mean, this is a left field kind of movie. So, if, and what was that? What was that book he kept reading? Look like a comic book. I have a pic, I, took, I found a picture of it. Like La Bande de, de Pied Nick. Like look like a com—a weird comic book with these really like grotesque cartoon faces on the front of it. Shit! The hell, I don't know. Le 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 Patente was the name of the book. And he kept reading out of that, and they were like – it was almost like they were um, trying to, like, follow along somebody's adventure, some comic book character's adventure in this collection or whatever it was he was reading. But but do you have anything else to add?
2: Not really. I mean, you know, like I said, it just kind of – I don't know. Like it, it, I not it I wouldn't say it confounded me it it was confusing at, at points it's
1: confusing and the it's especially if you're following it for story and yeah. especially by the end and I'm going to have to talk to you about it because I still don't even know You just exactly kind of have to know the
2: the if if all if all you know is is that they're kind of, it's kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde story that's you can pretty much just go from there and cuz yeah. like I said there were times where I was like, okay, is this stuff actually
1: going on? Because, like I said, I don't know if it's important. Like I, I, I don't, I think I don't, I don't know that it matters. Yeah. I think that's the point of it. It's, I think this movie is going to lend itself more if you are familiar with some of his previous work. Yeah, if you kind of know what you're getting into with his style of filmmaking, it's going to help. Um, see what maybe he's going for here. Otherwise, it might be a challenge, depending on what you know if you're looking at the poster and thinking, "Why does this crazy guy have dynamite around yeah, his head or whatever or
2: so, blue paint all over his face, and there's just some odd imagery
1: I think he was supposed to be sad,, I know. but I think there he was really being odd oh so about he it. was
2: but, actually blue, yeah, you know? well, I mean I know i mean in the scene he was sad, but yeah. still you know.
1: I think that was supposed to, what that was supposed to be. I thought he was just being a douche. <laughs> Maybe so. What would you rate this?
2: I jeez.
1: Uh, <laughs> it, it's a tough one to like. It, yeah,
2: but it's but I don't think it's it's bad for what they're doing. It's good. It's just not something that I really you know like. I don't think I I don't think I would you watch this again?
1: Oh, I definitely would, would. you? Oh um, yeah. I want to watch it again.
2: It might be one that if you did watch it again that you'd get more out of it. I mean, you know, or I think so. But I don't know, dude. Um <laughs> I could easily rate it a 2, but I could easily rate it like a an 8. point 5. So, for what it is, it's not my kind of movie, but okay. it, um so split the difference and give it a 5 two.
1: something. Give it a 2. Split the no, difference. No, no, no. Between...
2: I I it's 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 you know, a, a classic and it's well made um It's just hard to say a movie that I really didn't enjoy that much, but I want to give it a That's higher rating because I know what it you appreciated means. it, but didn't enjoy it. Right. So I will give it a, a, an eight.
1: There you go. Hey, you don't have to, you could like, give, why don't you just split it down the middle? Just say like a five is an average experience for you. You were intrigued by it, but didn't enjoy it.
2: Uh, yeah. But yeah. a five makes it sound like, you know, uh, uh, yeah, just uh, like I said, like let's just give it an give it an 8.
1: It's, yeah, but you sh- you shit on uh you shit on uh, it's a wonderful life. So you're you you're, you're alright shitting on classics. <laughs> <laughs> um I give it an 8.5, 8.25, 8.5 in that ballpark. Um I feel like this would go up for me because I I really I dug what what was going on with it. Um I liked that as I was watching it, I was kind of actually maybe, well, I could be completely off because I still didn't really look up exactly what he was doing yeah. with it. So if I'm way off, nobody tell me because then I'll feel stupid. But I liked what I gathered from it without having to do a lot of research first. Um, I, I I appreciated it. I think I I would like to see it again to see what else I could pull from it. So, um, but it was it was very it was a nice looking film mm. and um, the Blu-ray for Criterion already went out of print. So it's hard to find.
2: Yeah, it's odd. But, I wonder uh, why.
1: Yeah, they lost the rights oh, to it man. somehow. Yeah. Um, so hopefully somebody else will pick this up and do another nice print of it at some. Oh,
2: point. they should make it. They should just. Uh, uh, they should redo it with uh, like uh,
1: Channing Tatum and uh, Mark walberg Mark Wahlberg and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: eight point five and a. Something between two and and a ten. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cool. Well, let's take a break and come back and do that Fred Williamson movie. (laughs) We'll be right back. Do you find yourself looking for a different type of genre podcast? Uh huh, uh-huh. Do you find yourself on the weekends wondering when you will find that one film that might change your life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, then maybe you should check out The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with your host, Big Willie and the Samurai. Bringing class to the trash since 1977 and rocking the house.
0: You can find The Gentleman at ggtmc.com. Last to the trash.
1: Boss Nigger from 1975 Directed by Jack Arnold Written by Mr. Fred Williamson Starring Fred Williamson A very unusually named D'Urville Martin uh, Derville Martin and uh, William Smith And some other people make an appearance in there Barbara Lee um, Two uh, <coughs> Sorry, I didn't do synopsis voice. Two black bounty hunters ride into a small town out west in pursuit of an outlaw. They discover that the town has no sheriff and soon take over that position, much against the will of the mostly white townsfolk. They raise hell, chase women, and milk the locals for cash while waiting for the opportunity to get their man. Thank you, Info Freak. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of Boss N Word? Okay, well,
2: here's the deal, uh, people. people. (sighs) I saw something, um, God, where and uh, online, and it was about this movie, and it um, it said Fred Williamson and William Smith you know, like going at it, like, mm-hmm, uh, you mm-hmm. and I thought, God damn, man, I like Fred Williamson. I like his, you know, uh, hell up in Harlem and, and a lot of those, you know, his, uh, black, black
1: seizure. Yeah. The hammer yeah. where he got the and, name.
2: Um, he's got a lot of charisma, got a great look, you know, and, and, uh, um, and William Smith, I've always liked him. I think he's just a f- really super duper interesting guy in real life. Plus he, he plays such a good asshole bad guy, uh, <laughs> especially like when he's either raping a guy or a woman. And he gets this look like where he kind of puts his head back, like real cocky with his head kind of. He's a,
1: he's a good rapist, that he Williams, is. You know. I mean, and
2: he's just he has this really creepy thing that he can do. I, I grew up watching him in like uh old biker movies, and he played um this character Falconetti in um. The, the, one of the first miniseries, Rich Man Poor Man, with Peter Strauss and Nick Nolte, and uh, he actually rapes a guy on this ship. Uh, that's <laughs> uh, this black guy that's friends with Nick Nolte gets him down the butt, fucks him, and then Nick Nolte gets revenge. And uh, Tom Jordash, that's this is like Nick Nolte when he was young, and he was a, he had been a professional boxer, but he killed a guy in the ring, and so um, he goes to get revenge on Falconetti, and. They fight like in the cargo hold, and uh, William Smith fights real dirty. But Tom Jordash knows how to box, and he knocks Falcon Eddie's his eyeball. <laughs> so he's always made an impression on me. Loved him in like um, Red Dawn, all these movies. And
1: he's got fucking like tree trunks yeah, for, for arms. A,
2: he was like an arm wrestling champion, and uh, he fucked with Arnold on the set of like um, Conan, Conan the Barbarians. You know, challenged him.
1: And he's like a genius. Yeah, in your life.
2: just you know really interesting guy so i thought okay how can you go wrong you're putting these two guys together <laughs> um
1: i'm i'm a feeling i like this one a little better than you
2: it sucked uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> first of all um And and I actually like I I read like an interview or something and uh, with uh, William Smith and he was talking about working with Fred Williamson and said he loved working with him, they had really good chemistry and they they got along really well and everything, and it just did not live up to what I thought it was going to be. Um, um, let's see what was his. Well, they just called Fred Williamson boss uh, through the whole movie. His his. Right. Uh, amos uh his sidekick durville
1: martin durville martin yeah durville martin must he must they must have been friends like that he's they must have had like a burt reynolds and uh a kind of relationship because like i I look durville martin was in hammer he was in black Caesar. he was uh, caesar he was in hell hell up in harlem so
2: but the hammer has like a really good look he 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 dresses really cool he's all in black and um and
1: and he's got this like sawed-off rifle yeah. thing that was pretty sweet. Like instead of a pistol, he carries this really short. It's not a shotgun. It's not a sawed-off shotgun. It's like a for action
2: rifle. rifle with a barrel kind of chopped off of it. Yeah. And um,
1: which kind of gets him in trouble a couple times because he can't get it out of that giant holster on. The ship. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but they're bounty hunters, and and they just kind of or, or bounty killers, as they said in uh, old uh, spaghetti westerns, and they go around collecting bounties. And, like I mean, they must be really. Fast with their guns and stuff because they come upon like two or three guys or I mean like probably three or four guys at this camp at the beginning and and uh you know the guys try and draw on them and they yeah. shoot them all and do that shit so they set up that they're they're good at what they do and then they end up going to this um to this town because they're looking for this specific guy and. When they get to the town to to bring in the bodies of the guys they killed to get the money, they said, well, the sheriff, there's no sheriff, uh, blah, 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 blah. And um, what's his name? The, the, he's in a sh- – R.G. Armstrong is the mayor of the town. He's been in a bunch of shit.
1: Yeah, he was in Predator. He was in White
2: Lightning with Burt Reynolds. He's he's the guy that played uh, uh, Big Bear that when Gator was uh, helping him load uh, Moonshine, and he pulled the knife <laughs> out and put it – Oh yeah, that was a good scene. How would you like it if I stuck that knife up your ass? And he was
1: in the he was in a movie called Ghetto Blaster that I saw, which is, so he <laughs> which is like a pretty not good. Bad. Like you know, there, there yeah.
2: there's not a lot of um, I guess there's a couple of white people in this that aren't racist, total pieces of shit. Yeah, but,
1: yeah well, uh Barbara? What's her face? Yeah, phrase? and she wants to fuck um, the hammer big time. Yeah, she's a school teacher back from Boston, and. She's like the only one that doesn't, yeah, suck. well
2: that that doctor that was like friends of oh yeah,
1: was yeah, pretty yeah, cool,
2: but um, most of them are Bar- Barbara Lee, are totally racist, one. and they're just totally pieces of shit but but
1: they can't the two guys down. like they say, what do they they say uh, I wrote this down because I wrote down the laugh, oh, I wonder if the black comes off kick <laughs> kick <laughs>
2: well, they always pay the price, you know, because uh yeah, Amber yeah. and uh, uh Durville are they they make their skills known pretty quickly so then cool. everybody's afraid of them? And it's it does have some funny moments where, um, like, uh, Amos will, will say hi to somebody walking down the sidewalk and they won't say hi back. And he immediately grabs them and throws them in jail and th- says, If you don't pay this fine, you know, you have to s- spend the night in jail or whatever. So they, they, they kind of shake down the town. But the town people were such dickheads that you really don't care. Uh, yeah, and the it's kind of like almost like a Magnificent Seven with um, where the bandits use the town and they come in and they take what they want, but they let the town still survive and thrive. But they just basically come in and and say, okay, we're getting supplies and take whatever they want and then leave. And so the one guy that they're after is Jed Clayton, who's the leader of this gang of bandits, uh, outlaw bandits or whatever. And that's William Smith. Well, he's got his definite kind of rapey uh, weirdness going on yeah, again. his sleeves cut off on his shirt. He's got like these kind of tight pants and <laughs> and he always wears. I've seen him do this, I think, in like Omega or not Omega Man, the ultimate warrior with Yul Brenner. He, Which we were Yeah, it was kind of like he's playing the same fucking part in that. He always wears his shirt like untucked with a belt around the outside of the shirt.
1: <laughs> he's got it. Yeah, it's like a tunic yeah. that's cinched. Uh, he, yeah, he he does that, and it makes his legs look really. Yeah, it, do,
2: it does. I noticed it. It's like man, he's kind of got skinny <laughs> legs, but um, <laughs> but he he just has this look. He looks like he's th- like. Like he would just be like, uh, always look like he kind of had like baby oil or something all over him. Like it's kind of a sleet <laughs> kind of a thing. And um, yeah. now you have uh, um, almost like a Thomas Jefferson kind of a thing, even though they hate black people. William Smith and his bunch don't have any problem trying to bang Clara May, who is uh, Carmen Hayward or Carmen Hayworth. Uh, and she. She likes the hammer too. The hammer's got the best of both worlds. He's got some, you know. He's got this this uh, Miss Pruitt, who is the, uh, you know, prim and proper chick. But as soon as she sees the hammer, she decides that she doesn't give a shit and she's gonna go for, you know, <laughs> get get what she. And there there was like a couple of times like where she she'd have her hair up and then she'd show back up later with her hair down. And I was like, is that the same person? You know, she's, she's <laughs> yeah. good looking though. And uh, yeah, she was. Um, Clara May Derville
1: Martin He only gets like that Like that one fat woman
2: Yeah but he was good to get Because you know If you're hanging around He's, with he's the, he, You're gonna
1: He seemed Yeah he's you, You're you're not gonna get too much If you're hanging you're around You're getting the hammer, second so. string
2: You know you're getting Scary sherry material um, <laughs> But they
1: Second What's his string. name uh,
2: uh, The mayor Mayor Griffin R.G. Armstrong He's kind yeah. of playing uh, He goes out and tells Jed uh, William Smith he says, you know, we got the he would he would rather have what they have already, which is Jed just comes in and takes supplies and shit and fucks the women and takes off, but the hammer and Durville, first of all, they're black, so they hate them. And second of all, they're they're just, you know, they're they just take over the town, pretty much. And um but if if you were nice and shit, they were nice to you. It wasn't like they were just being dicks to everybody. They were dicks to yeah. the people that were shitheads which was the majority of the fucking people
1: <laughs> which is everybody ever- except for two people um
2: but this one it just i don't know it it,
1: it felt like it went on a it little went bit. on
2: a little bit and it wasn't as i don't know i just uh, th- i know what fred williamson was going for here because you know it's definitely black exploitation western Uh, and, and, I mean, they, it's like a turning things around where, um, in most Westerns, you know, the the guy comes into town or, but in this one, he's the hero, but everybody, I mean, if you took a drink every time they said the N word in this movie, you would have alcohol poisoning probably in the first, what? 10. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's bad. It's, it's bad. and, this may be jumping to conclusions. I'm looking at Fred Williamson's writing credits. Mm-hmm. Judging by the only two that I've seen, I'm going to say if Fred the Hammer is in it, he's probably worth seeing. If he wrote it, skip it.
2: That's what, yeah, to me, that's what <laughs> he, it seems like.
1: Because he did one down, two to go that we reviewed, and that that was a fucking train wreck. I don't know if you remember that one.
2: One down, two to go.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it had it had Jim Brown and Jim Kelly, Richard Roundtree. We did it. It was like set in the it was in the eighties, not seventies. Okay. It was pretty. It was brutal. <laughs> um, and he also did Vegas Vampires, which I've heard nothing but shit about. Yeah, I do remember um, that one now. Yeah. Um. So if he wrote it, I'm gonna say if he directed it, you <laughs> probably skip it too. Let me see what he's directed. Uh the big score, one down 2 to go which sucked. Mean Johnny Barrow's which was not very good. I saw that. The po- the poster for Mean Johnny Barrow's is incredible. The movie was not very incredible at all. Yeah, I don't it's like if Fred the Hammer wrote it, if he stars in it, it's probably okay. If he if he wrote it, uh, just go back and rewatch something that you already saw yeah. where he started. <laughs> I,
2: I, it, it was kind of a letdown for me. Beca- yeah. a, and and um, I liked I did like the uh, the the kind of the brawl at the end, or you know, well, the grand finale with William Smith and uh,
1: the finale was good. Is, so, like the things that are the things that are good about. Well, go ahead and you can, you can continue with that. And I and I on.
2: did like you know that it. it it had some rapey elements in it but not enough uh they i think they they could have <laughs> did a little bit more with that uh yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know it didn't have, not as not enough tit and uh there was none yeah, was you know cuz oh, well, i have kind of thought we'd get to see the hammer and and miss whatever name was you know having
1: some no s- they didn't stuff know, did not God. You know William um, Smith
2: getting some some stuff from whatever her name was something brand was a Brady May what the hell her name was, yeah. but it it was just you know it was it was very average it was a little it's, bit below ended average up being pretty
1: me. pedestrian the the things that worked for me, um, Fred the Hammer's uh costume was all pretty great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like that he was chewing on a cigar. I like him with the must, the the, the Fu Manchu shaped mustache. And he had like the, those black the, the,
2: boots, shiny black boots that come up to his knees. Which I don't know yeah, how the leather fuck you
1: put those on. That would it, you'd have to have help. Yeah. I would think. You got to pull you yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> yeah, all the way up to your you knees. Um, and the silver band on his hat looked good. I I did think it was funny that his his hat like. His hat came off at one point and his hair was like mushed into the same shape as the inside of his cowboy <laughs> hat. Um, the, the, I liked that they used, they still, they didn't use like Western music. I liked that they kept it, it stayed, it, it was like, and it's not a, it's, it doesn't stand out. It's not a very notable black exploitation soundtrack, but it still had that, that funk sound that a lot of them did, which I, which I thought was kind of cool because like, of made it kind of out of time. Um. The William Smith, uh, I liked William Smith in it fine. He's probably not in it quite enough because he really doesn't even show up till about halfway through. Yeah. Um. Didn't he kick? And, did he kick the
2: uh, mayor in the ass one time?
1: I think so. Well, yeah. The mayor was and, like
2: and, walking out, and he told him get out, and then he, I think he kicked him in the ass. Yeah. Which I always like when somebody kicks, like a a guy kicks another guy in the ass, and the other guy. Can't do anything about it because he's got the Nothing other guy's at all. got skinny legs and big arms
1: and a rapey um, look. I like that Fred the Hammer looked like he did a lot of his own stunts, like he was doing a lot of tumbling around, like he fell through a table I think once, like he did some kind of painful looking things, and I like that final fight. Um, well, now uh, what- if
2: you were gonna shoot Fred the Hammer in the f- in the hand, wouldn't you shoot him in his gun hand? They shot him in the opposite hand. Because <laughs> I thought, hey, well, that's pretty cool, you know that you know that'll that'll negate his skills with a gun, and then he'll have to nope. go. No, nope. but they shot him in the fucking wrong hand.
1: I think they just made they just would I don't know. Yeah. Um, this would if this was a if this okay maybe this is racist if this was a white people Western, it would have been it would I wouldn't have liked it at all. Yeah. The fact that it's black exploitation made it a little unique for me, so it wasn't a complete failure for me. because uh-huh. that at least added a twist to it and helped it, I think, rise above what it would have been otherwise. If this was just like a western that you got on a Mill Creek set, it would have been meh. But the fact that it was like Fred the Hammer and it was a black exploitation had the different kind of soundtrack, kind of rose it up a little for I'm me. Still meh to me. Yeah. What would you rate it? A 4. A four it was four. below average. I'm pretty close. I I give it a 6. I I, I just had high hopes
2: and it just really was kind of like
1: I didn't hate it. Now I I started this movie and I didn't know if this was a bad sign or not. I started this movie a couple of years ago and I like got kind of sleepy in the first t- 20 minutes or so and didn't ever finish it. So I was I was afraid when I went back. So maybe I was already expecting it to be boring from what I remembered, so maybe that helped a little bit because I didn't have super high hopes. I, I I think it's pretty average. It would have been v- painfully average if it wasn't for the fact that it was Fred the Hammer. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So a six for me. Can't always get what you want. No. Maybe you know what? I'm going five seven five. Six looks too round. <laughs> <laughs> five seven five. No absolutes. And a four. All right. Um so we only have one feed sack, so I'm just gonna hop right into that instead of uh if they made a porn
2: version of that movie, it would be fucking awesome. (laughs) With with Fred the Hammer and William Smith, yes. Okay. And and a racial love and rape.
1: Yay. I think I've cheered rape more than I, I, in this I If
2: I see William Smith in a movie, I have to have some rape. And if I see Fred the Hammer in a movie, <laughs> I have to see his butt cheeks, naked butt cheeks, clenching while he's, uh, you know, put, Th- thrusting, thrusting. Yes. Well, I can't remember what movie it It was one of those Hell Up in Harlem or something like that. And it, they fucking did the tight shot on his butt cheeks just clenching. And <laughs> un-
1: did you see his ass in this one? I can't I don't remember. I think so. I can't remember. Maybe. He did. All right, so we. I don't know. I think we. I think we might have seen a little bit of this. A little bit of the. Yeah. The the ass a little he bit. He was no, proud of remember. his butt. Yeah. Well. I guess I would be too. Mine wasn't disgusting. <laughs> 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 All right. We got one feed sack from Rolf again. Orf? Sweaty feet sack. Um. Rolf says, "Man, it's so." Did I read this already? doesn't matter. wave. Higgins movie collection. No, because he talked about he worked with teachers last time. All right. Man, it's so goddamn hot right now. Don't know uh how the weather is in the States. It's been miserable here. And Zom's been getting rain and cool weather. Um Don't know how the weather is in the States, but we've got a merciless heat wave here right now. No end in sight, and I'm literally sweating my ass off. Having to wait again. More than a week for my silver and gold fix certainly doesn't help either. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Um, uh, So what do you do? Sitting in front of a fan and wait and wait and wait. I'm sitting in front of a fan right now. Meanwhile, I managed to come up with some decent feedback. As for Bert, I haven't seen that one you covered in the last show, but here's my stand on him. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Controversy. Have seen one. Have seen them all. Uh, <laughs> what? Obviously, He says, well, if you've seen one Burt movie, oh, you've seen okay. them all. Obviously, you haven't seen any of his 80s movies. Um Because they are pretty terrible. Um, sure, he did have some decent movies when he wasn't wearing his stash, but Burt was never a movie character. He was just Burt. For me, the poor man's Tom Selleck, who should have had Burt's career. No, yeah. if he had just gotten that indie movie, Ford would have had to do the... <laughs> magnum pi show how weird would that be um, and then getting shit from higgins and grow some breast fur thinking about that <laughs> i would really love to have seen that magnum version um i just cannot imagine uh harrison ford with a mustache though uh today he would make the perfect higgins but i'm rambling again uh to tie things together here about that hawaiian movie you covered that's the reviews i love and a nine hell yeah <laughs> that's what we rated it uh, you should also do that musical numbers during your reviews more often. Oh, I forgot to play the uh, the theme to this. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. That's pull. a good theme. Yeah. Maybe I should look that I'd up. I'd like to have that on,
2: that um, on uh, my iPod and hook it up to my car and roll the windows down and drive through town. Listen to that.
1: Let me see if I can find
2: this. It was, uh, you know, what are you going to do, Fred? I, I think I'm going to take your advice from now on, though, and uh, when I explore Fred the Hammer-Williamson movies, I'm going to stick to ones that Larry Look and see Cohen if he directed approaches. and or wrote it. Yeah. Larry Cohen is good.
0: Yes.
1: We need to do the Larry Cohen one that uh, got that or something. There we go.
0: Part devil, part
1: legend. Oh, man. Yeah, this was a good song. I don't know who sang this. But, um
0: white man in town. How? he's got trouble get in his way he's cut you down Take it over he
1: can all right um he said you should also do the musical numbers during your views more often add some class and some professionalism to your show <laughs> Yeah, whatever. good one. still waiting for the Silva to call in though um and as always, I won't let you off the cock or hook before you've answered a question. Take this. Well, take two actually. First, I asked you about Michael Mann back in the day, and I was more than happy that you dig the man also. But I don't think I've heard you talk about Black Hat yet. So have you seen it, and how did you like it?
2: Didn't see it. Did you see it?
1: I didn't see it either. Um. Personally, I really liked it, and I don't get all the hatred it got. Sure, it lacks character depth, but it looks gorgeous, and man, does he shoot action well. Well, uh, when the first shootout in the tunnels start, I came immediately. It's nice. Um, second question. As you both seem to like movies, uh, I could be wrong here, but let's stick to that assumption. Do you have a movie collection? To Zom, porn collection does not count. No porn collection. Uh, and how's your opinion about physical media versus digital copies? We were just talking so about that. We were. Um, I have a movie collection. It, it's mostly... Well, now it's mostly digital. I have, thanks to the magic of the inner tubes, um, <laughs> lots of very shitty digital movies. But when I'm buying new movies now... They're most always um, digital, unless, and this is what we were talking about on the Facebook group, uh, unless it's something like I don't buy, I don't I don't buy DVDs unless it's like one of those big multi packs, like twelve awesome westerns yeah. for four dollars. And they had one in Barnes and Noble the other day, by the way, that I almost picked up. It had like it had a Franco Nero one in there, and um, but it was like twelve movies for five. Bucks. I might
2: have that because I I bought a couple of those at Barnes and Noble.
1: It had it has Kaoma. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, that I'll buy. I'll buy a VHS if I'm somewhere and I see a cool-looking one, like a like a, I don't know, an old 80s action movie on VHS. If I could ever find Tango and Cash on VHS, I'd definitely buy that. Cash and Tango. Tango and Cash. Um, and I will buy Blu-rays if. So, some recent Blu-rays I purchased. I purchased Interstellar on Blu-ray, but... I only bought it because it was cheaper to buy the Blu-ray that had an iTunes download with it mm-hmm. than it was to just buy it on iTunes. Yeah, I will um, buy
2: hardly anything uh, physical media unless they have like a Voodoo or Flickster or something where I can get the, uh, the yeah. digital download.
1: And, but I'll buy – and this is where it goes back to Barnes & Noble. I will buy Blu-rays like Criterion yeah. or something like that when the Criterions are on sale or if it's like some kind of really nice – release. I don't care about cool packaging so much. I could give a shit because I threw away most of my packaging. The discs that I have are all in plastic sleeves now. Now the ones that are that had nice packaging I saved the packaging but the discs are still out. But if it's like a set where it's like and I brought up the example of the Father's Day release they did with Blu ray. It's like four discs total. It has a little booklet and stuff. If it's something like that, especially if it's gonna be supporting a filmmaker a smaller guy then i would, I would do it, but for the most part i 'm digital only but mm. now, but I still have my movie collection. What about you with the physical version?
2: Um, no porn collection um I had uh every every porn that I ever bought back when like you'd actually buy them on v h s or something like that
1: i'd just let me start the song back up
2: okay I would get you know i 'd never keep them <laughs> and um there was a guy that had uh, a website Back in I can't remember When it was And it was like Something like Kparker.net Or something <laughs> Had all these Like right Like Whoever drugs. And you have like Every fucking movie They were in And they were only like Two bucks a piece So I have I think nice. I might have A couple of those Down in the basement But uh I have a lot of Fucking movies I still have a shitload Of VHS And, and DVDs And uh But you know, unless it's something really cheap at Walmart, like in the bargain bin, yeah, or um, especially blues that uh, the Blu-rays that are cheap, uh, and I I usually I haven't been buying that much. I just download them on iTunes, or and here lately I've just been renting stuff too, and you know, instead of just you know adding to my collection.
1: Or watching on YouTube, the only yeah. the only physical media I regularly buy now are vinyl records. So and
2: there's so much there's so much access to. Every, I mean, with YouTube yeah. and Amazon and Hulu, and you know, my God, just even regular TV, this and uh, uh, Plex and these channels like that, that you can just find so much shit. It's you know.
1: So the rest of his, it says for me. I need to see what I've got, meaning I don't want to stare at my hard drive, but I want to jerk off when I admire my shelves with all those Blu-rays and, and DVDs on it. He needs to get up with uh, Kelly yeah, because Kelly's got a whole room now dedicated <laughs> just to Blu-rays. The DVDs have been moved to another room. Um, you have to start plus, building want... onto
2: your house you know, for, to make more room for your collection. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: plus, I want to own what I like also in order to support the movie. Here in Germany, we also have nothing compared to Netflix, Hulu, etc. Uh, the only thing giving me the creeps is the thought about the disc rot, which recently happened to some Criterion titles. Ah. Interestingly enough, Pietro Lefou was one of the titles that had that. So there are certain releases that, with the Blu-rays and Criterion, where the disc like turned like copper mm. colored, and they stop playing. Jeez, and that's that's one of they were they would I think they would replace them, but. That movie, the one we reviewed today, was a problem because they lost the rights to it. So yeah, how are you going to replace that? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I've been thinking about backing up my collection, but this costs time and time and time and time. Let me tell you about it. It fucking takes forever, and I've been trying for two years, and I've still hardly made a dent. It says, well, now you, sh- now you shoot. What are your thoughts here? How big are your collections? How big are your cocks? Do you like to display your movies? Do you like to display your cocks? Or are you happy with just being able to just stream them? Uh, enough said for today very sweaty greetings from germany which will be turning into a desert if this heat wave don't (laughs) stop fuck i gotta take a shower again rolf oot p.s i forgot fuck that heat um my collection is not gigantic i don't know if i even said that already my cock definitely is not gigantic And I do not like to display either. I don't
2: (laughs) – I have like a bookshelf uh, that has movies on it, but I don't display them. There's – a great majority of them are in big, giant Tupperware bins down in the basement, and they're in no order. They're just all thrown in there. Uh, (laughs) So I I don't even look at them anymore. Uh, There's times where when we're doing this show or – or something like that, and I know I have the movie. I'll still you'll still rent it. I'll still rent it just because I don't want to take forever going down there and get it. Which which kind of leads me to the to the thing of why do I still have these? You know, they're just taking up a lot of space and shit. You
1: know what sucks too? They don't sell for shit anymore. Nah, none of that's that stuff.
2: Yeah, like I said, you go to Walmart now and or or some of these places and and uh, you know the physical media is just it's getting cheaper and cheaper and
1: yeah the um. The way I store mine are in little are they these cardboard boxes? I have these plastic sleeves that fit a disc, and they they I can put them loose in these boxes. But um, Alan, uh, one of our one of our buddies on the show, he just bought these like metal looking boxes that hold loose sleeves like oh. that, and they hold like a thousand DVDs. So I'm thinking I can buy. I'm I'm thinking. I'm going to try to find one of like a couple of those and just kind of get rid of these lo- these little boxes I have everywhere yeah. to too. Um because like literally when I bought Interstellar uh I took the code out, I downloaded the iTunes version. I put the Blu-ray in one of my little Blu-ray boxes and I threw the case away yeah. the same day.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's uh my friend Gary was uh kind of bitching about like the star Wars stuff where they'd put something out and then they come out with a remastered and then they come out with something that had a different <laughs> yeah. box or something. And and yeah. he's really into star Wars. So he'd buy them all, but he, but even he said, you know, I'm getting tired of it. It's, it's just like, you know, they're just raping you. It's the same shit, but they're just yeah. putting it into, it's like the comic book thing back in the day when they'd have 50 different covers, the variant
1: covers. Yeah. yeah I think they still do that. Shit.
2: I know I was looking on, um, they're doing the Secret Wars thing as the summer uh, big summer spectacular in Marvel, and they have some of those uh, variant covers out, and they're like thirty five bucks a piece. Like fuck she that did. shit,
1: Marvel. Uh, I just uh, but comics are another thing. I go digital almost exclusively on comics. I'm too. starting
2: to, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's it's a lot easier. Um, and I, how about this? It's kind of unrelated. I had some old comics. I didn't want to bother selling when I was cleaning out my old place. And um, there's a comic book store literally right across the street from where I was living. Um, I took a big stack of comics in there. They don't even want And them. I took an old Castle Grayskull, yeah. um, the old He-Man toy. And I walked in, and I said to the guy... I was like, I'm not looking to sell these. I just want to donate them so you could sell them. And he looked like he was bothered. Yeah,
2: they don't want them. <laughs> My friend owned a comic book store and get, people would I'd go and hang out, you know, we just sit in our bullshit, and people would come in all the time and say, "Hey, I've got these, you know, comics and they would want to sell them." And he goes, "I really don't, you know, don't need them or don't want them, you know." He goes, "I can't give you anything yeah. for
1: them." I didn't want anything. I gave him like I had every Sin City trade paperback. I since have it digitally, so I didn't need them anymore. Yeah. And I just, I, I had those in there. I had some old Darwin cook, like, uh, like one off kind of issues. Some uh, his work on the spirit that came out a few, like maybe 10 years ago, maybe. Um, and it was like, you know, I've, I've read it all and I didn't really want to go back and I was just carrying it around for no reason. And I, I went in there and gave it to him and, and I was like, here, I got some comics I just uh, want you to get. Maybe you could sell them. And he just looked at me like, like he was bothered. There was me. a couple of times goes, where you. I thought about
2: taking some of stuff like that to like Goodwill or something, you know, because I always had mm-hmm. this, um, this image that, you know, some poor kid there, they might shop there or something and go in and, and mm-hmm. his, Parents would be able to, you know, give him some comics or some movies or something like that. But then I, but then I get the cynical thing that I'm going to take him in there, and some asshole that works there, that's a comics fan, is just going to <laughs> throw the whole box in his car.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, you can always send us feed sack to two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred or silvergoldpodcast at gmail dot com. Find our show on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, and on our website at silverandgold and join our Facebook groups. groups. Our main one being facebook.com slash groups slash Silva and Gold. We haven't had any new members in a while. Uh, <laughs> well, I d- when still people going. try
2: and be new members, I I I don't want trolls getting in there. So I.
1: Oh, uh, we yeah we have a lot of them. Them we, get, we do get some of those where it's. I'll tell you, like, you what the comic they, book they
2: b- group does. I mean I don't, don't know about trolls. But good every there's always people trying to get in there now.
1: Yeah, and the the wrestling group is still not getting a ton of new members, but it's pretty active. So if you like if you like pro wrestling, wrestling and gold is what that's called, and we always do like live uh, comments on pay per views. So yeah, we got up to, we, on WrestleMania this year. We got over a thousand posts on our WrestleMania. Yeah, program. dig it, dig it. Um, so that's about all we got for this week. Uh, we will, as usual, as per our usual now, announce what we're going to be covering on the Facebook group very soon for next time. Uh, Zom, do you have anything else? I got nothing. I got nothing either. I'm going to go listen to some records. Uh, Until next time, this is a loaf.
2: Oh, Zom. Bye bye